0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to this version of Chip Talks. Today, we're going to talk a little bit about autism. We had done a previous uh, one of these shows on autism, and it just didn't record very well. So I'm going to go ahead and re-record this, and hopefully it'll be good and a lot of good information for you guys out there listening. (laughs) Autism is something that we have chosen to specialize in as a new pharma as a company. So um, people weren't really understanding what we were doing. People weren't really understanding the power of what we could do at new pharma and kind of what we were able to do with our patents. And so I decided, Cindy and I really decided to try to attack a disease state. And again, I've gotta be kind of careful what I say here in case the FDA is listening in, because again, if you're not a drug, If you're not in the pharma world, you're not a drug, and therefore you cannot affect a disease state. Autism is a disease state. So I'm going to be talking a lot about our research um, but I'm probably not going to be talking about ways we directly affect that disease state as that would be a foul. So anyway, I'm going to have to dance around some words and things like that uh, in order to not uh, commit uh, FDA hairy carry. So anyway, autism is something though that we decided to specialize in. So autism can be really be explained or you can view autism through the lens of the endocannabinoid system. And that's where we went at it. Uh, We decided to try and figure out kind of what was going on with autism. So what's the cause? And the cause is, could be a lot of different things, you know, is is kind of where where we've arrived at. Now, I, I wanna, if you're out there and you have just gotten an autism diagnosis or perhaps you're concerned that your child might have autism, or ADHD, then you know. Hopefully, this will be beneficial. This whole discussion, and kind of as we talk through these things. So, the first thing to know really about autism, and again, if your child is younger, uh, some of the behaviors that'll show up are like head banging or you know self harm. Um, obviously, not making eye contact and not really engaging with you emotionally. So A affected, they call it, which is kind of flat or emotionless uh, personality, you know, lack of eye contact, Um, sometimes outbursts, but again, those outbursts could be related to other things. So we see a lot of kiddos who have autism or have been diagnosed with autism. Some of them have autism, uh, some of them don't. Some of them just have anxiety. So that's that's why I'm kind of telling you this is, is anxiety, severe anxiety, like the meltdown type anxiety. I didn't get my ice cream so I'm going to cause such a scene that you can never bring me in the grocery store again or we lost the basketball game so I'm gonna melt down. Uh, Those are more anxiety, really. I mean, you might get a diagnosis from a physician of ADHD or autism, but um, we're, let's say, dealing with those more like uh, they would be anxiety. And that appears to be uh, effective. So we're, you know, again, making progress there um so let's talk a little bit about real autism so this is the don't look you in the eye uh, kind of autism um, and again how bad is this is a problem overall it's one in 133 kids will be affected with autism uh, that's almost one percent that's a pretty high number uh, so you're rolling the dice if you have a boy it's three percent it is sorry two percent one in 54 so it's about one in 54 kids uh, that are boys are being born with autism and it's one in 154 girls which is interesting so and there's reasons for that Uh, there's reasons for the sex difference now, autism is attributed to a lot of different things. So let's let's kind of talk that through, and I'll talk you through why you know vaccines, uh, you know we vaccines are correlated. Let's say, or other things are correlated. So, autism is a disease of mitochondrial stress. If you go back again, we're going to travel back from the future, back in time to episode number one. So if you go back and listen to episode number one again, what you're going to hear is that mitochondria are about the most important thing in our body. They are our engine, our consciousness, our you know intelligence, everything. Um, so they set the tone for our health. If our mitochondria are not healthy, then generally we won't be healthy. If our mitochondria are healthy, you almost can't not be healthy. So anyway, it's all about the mitochondria. So what happens in autism to the mitochondria? Well, they are stressed. And they are not happy, they are not functioning, you know, as well as they could be. And the reason for that is that they're subject to a lot of oxidative stress. Now, what causes the oxidative stress? Yeah, that's the sort of where we're at right now. But again, we are investigating that. I will tell you that uh, we are making progress there and that there is a... There is uh, some reason to hope, let's say, that uh, we'll get to the bottom of actually kind of what is um, causing the oxidative stress. But if I put your mitochondria under enough oxidative stress, um, what's gonna happen is that you're gonna have problems. You're not gonna be, you're not going to be able to have that mitochondria function in the way that it should function. So mitochondria will always default back to running on glucose. So all mitochondria will run on glucose. That is not their highest state of function. And in fact, that's probably where there's still not the study here yet. So most of the stuff that I tell you guys is, you know, I can point to six different studies before it comes out of my mouth. I'll tell you that there's a lot of smoke here, but you know there's no study here yet. No one's really studied a big cohort, a big group of autism patients as to mitochondrial um, deficiencies or mitochondrial upset, let's say. Uh, but it, there's no question that, again, if you just look at um, oxidative stress and autism, uh, you're gonna get all you want scientifically as to study and research, which tells you that that's a a rich field you're over the target so what can cause this well so again it, this always requires a little bit of a deeper explanation so what can cause this though is at times our immune system can get so boinked out it can get if you think about you know a, a mobile that you would put under a baby's crib right so those nice balancing you know things with the airplanes on them and all that well, if you think of one of those, you know, it's you can put some stress on that guy, and he'll he'll come back to normal. He'll find a new normal. But what happens in the severe uh, neurological kind of situations like autism is it is appears that something happens, and we'll talk through a couple of those things here in a second. But something happens to so just like grab one of those things on the mobile and yank that sucker down, whoop, to a new level of function that's not obviously optimal. And so when that happens, basically function gets reset at kind of a lower level. Um, And that appears to be what what is happening with people with autism. So, you know, what, what looks like is happening is they cannot, because of oxidative stress, deal with fatty acids properly. When that happens, you frankly can't build immune mediators, or you can, but you have to build them in your gut, so you have to call on the bacteria, I'm going to call on some bacteria to build me some immune mediators, some anti-inflammatories and some inflammatories, and that appears to be exactly what happens with autism, because the autistic gut, is not like anything that any other human has. Okay. So it's, they are, it's almost predictable what their guts will look like, but high in Clostridium bacteria, they'll have some pylori or something else, or be low, you know, in some other bacteria that they need. But that high Clostridium is just the almost checkbox uh, for an autistic gut. Now, why? Well, because, again, they're, they're, they're basically their mitochondrial function is being wrecked. They can only kind of run on glucose, if you will. They can't really deal with fatty acids. So they can't build any frontline immune mediators. And what happens is they've got to build all of those in their gut. And it turns out that they make a lot of things called, stuff called proponic acid and valpronic acid that end up building them an alternative immune system. Now, if you know someone with autism or know some like a family with an autistic child um, and you ask them, does your child get sick like normal children? They'll go, no, hadn't really thought about it, but no, they really don't. The other kind of good thing about autism or this situation, and again, it's a reaction to this inability to deal with fatty acids, what happens in the, in the gut biome, but the other kind of nice thing about it is the incidence of cancer and autism are like zero i mean point you know 0001 it just hardly ever happens i'm sure there's a case that somebody can drag up and you know throw in my face if they want to uh, but it's very very low incidence uh, and again you're going to find out if if you go digging so huh that's interesting Now, the other kind of interesting thing about these short-chain fatty acids that get made in the gut is that if I take them and I inject them into a rat, that rat will then show all of the symptoms of autism. If I feed the rat salt, the salt will neutralize those short-chain fatty acids and the rat will go back to normal. So... Mom, if you're wondering why your kiddo uh, eats so much salt, uh, that's why. So they're trying to neutralize some of those short chain fatty acids so that they don't cause harm. And, and again, you know that is part of what's causing harm. So that's kind of the loop, the situation. Um, you know What we've chosen to do or how we get in the middle of that is really just providing your body what it wants. So, all we're trying to do is really look at human function, understand kind of what goes wrong in situations like autism, and then provide the proper stimulation to your body to be able to turn back on that machinery or, or you know, right that wrong, so to speak. Um, an example of this is, you know, if I don't feed you any, uh, let's say, omega 3 fatty acids or omega 6 fatty acids uh, over a long period of time. You'll begin to shut off the genetic expressions that deal with those because, again, you're not eating them. You don't need them. It's just extra work for your body. So your body's pretty smart about it. You kind of really need omega-3 and omega-6, by the way, so don't try this at home, but I'm just using this as an example. As soon as you start eating them again, you basically stimulate the epigenetics and, and, and turn everything back on that deals with polyunsaturated fatty acids. One of the problems uh, with autism is that these guys don't deal with polyunsaturated fatty acids very well, and so giving them omega-3 fatty acids and omega-6 fatty acids really stimulates that top-level machinery and kind of helps turn things back on. So it's not, let's say, the answer, the only answer um, to helping you know, with this disease state, or allowing your body to help itself, really, with this disease state. Um, but it certainly is helpful you know so if you uh, can you know work with omega 3s you know and you do have an autistic situation that's that's really going to help the situation i'll give you an example of this i, I use in my classes it's in and it work constantly in a you're born with a template right and in, in a lot of Physicians and a lot of um, researchers will tell you that that's it. So again, if you have autism, mm, so sorry, it's a genetic disorder, and uh, you're you're done, right? So you'll always have autism. It can never be corrected. It will always be at the level that it is. And we do this with all kinds of things. We do this with mental, you know, health issues. We do this with heart, you know, obesity, diabetes. These situations, if you understand how your body works and stimulate your body in the proper way, your body wants to correct these. You know, God is a perfect engineer. He did not build you an imperfect container. You might erect it by your lack of knowledge, you know, and I've wrecked mine by my lack of knowledge, uh, but I can fix it if I have the knowledge. And so that's the cool thing. God is a perfect engineer. He built me this perfect little canister to house my beautiful multidimensional soul. The more that I understand about this canister, the more I realize that God really is a perfect engineer. And then if I give this little canister what it needs and wants, it's going to perform in the way that it should as I understand how it works. So again, you know, go back and listen to one if you need to about you know, human function and kinda of how we can do better there. Now let's talk about a couple of things that might, um, and again, cause autism. is it, you know, What might cause the mobile pew, to be pulled down in function and reset to a lesser setting, let's say. So let me give you some examples. Um, tylenol is something that definitely causes a lot of issues in our society. So again, I don't want to go after that company. I'm not doing this purposely to do that, I'm just giving you information. So I believe it's paracetamol is the way that you say the generic. So we'll talk about it that way. But parsamitol has to be uh, neutralized when you take it into your body. So it does what it's supposed to do at COX-1 and COX-2. And that's why it has some pain relief and anti-inflammatory properties. But it also is, it's something called a xenobiotic. Your body doesn't like it and doesn't want it in your body and your body will try to eliminate it. The way that your body tries to eliminate it is by something called glutathione. So it will, glutathione is produced by our liver. It'll go out and attach to parsamitol and it will kind of change the molecular structure and make it where we can eliminate it so where we can kind of urinate it out. So that's what happens with Tylenol. Now if we did not have glutathione that Tylenol or parsamitol would begin to damage our liver and it would damage our liver really at how we deal with fatty acids and uh, again that is what the autism kind of loop is right so so that's why i'm telling you the story so here's what happens a lot of times is that um you go take your child in for that mmr vaccine at 1.5 years right so you're right on schedule mom good for you you go take the child in to get their shots they get their mmr shots Uh, you take the child home and within a couple of hours you're running 106 fever Something like that, 105 fever, really high fever, um, and you freak out and you call the doc, and the doc says, yeah, 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 it's normal with the vaccine. Rotate Tylenol and Motrin, both of which have paracetamol in them. So when you do that, basically you've got a situation where your body is under extreme stress. You have a, you know, you've been injected with a virus that your body is trying to fight off, and it's working very hard to do that. That's why you have fever and then you just send in something that's going to basically suck up all your glutathione so that's not a good situation Um, that will certainly reset the mobile okay so that absolutely will reset the mobile the other thing that's looking like it will reset the mobile is if mom and this is you know children that were are born you know born autistic um, that's looking to be interestingly uh, probably high testosterone, you know, during female pregnancy. So there's a lot of things that, that you know could do that, but that certainly is a risk. It absolutely is correlated, so it's showing up as a risk. So, again, stay away from the Tylenol, stay away from, you know, as much of that as you can. That uh, particular thing would never be legal uh, now. So if you tried to, if I was a, came up with the drug parsamitol and tried to take it up the FDA's uh, drug path, it would never pass safety. It's uh, it's just not safe. Um, And a lot of us take it every day, you know, which is scary. And we give it to our kids. And, again, that's even scarier. You might recall, if you're old enough, um, aspirin. So, you know, again, I'm not going to call it a brand, but aspirin uh, was linked to something called Ray's syndrome and Ray's syndrome, you know, was uh, horrible, you know, for babies. And so we now have all these uh, warnings and things. For aspirin due to Ray's syndrome, so I would imagine we'll have the similar, very similar things uh, with uh, paracetamol type brands uh, in the future, just because it's so tightly correlated. And again, you can I can completely explain to you scientifically how that would happen and how your, you know, this immune mobile, so to speak, would be reset at a less than optimal level. Um, Again, high fever. So any incident of high fever, a lot of kids have ear infections. You know, when they're little, it'll run a high fever. Again, it you know, Motrin and Tylenol is what is suggested, and a lot of times that uh, will kind of do it do it too. So if you're listening and you, and you've got a child that was not born with autism but developed autism, you might kind of go back and look at that. Antibiotics too have uh, somewhat been tied. But generally, there's an incident, and, and I don't mean to point out an incident to um, you know make you feel bad. I mean nobody understood this information. So, mom, if it makes you feel bad at all, no, 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 not your fault. That we all, you know, you're doing what the doctor said. Probably, you know, if you're a doc out there and listening to this, first of all, stop doing that. Stop recommending Tylenol and Motrin. Again, there's other things that you can do if you don't know. Call me. Uh, happy to talk to you about it. But stop doing that. Again, you are there's plenty of data out there. If you'll do a little research, a little digging on your own, you'll find the same things that I've found. Um, so stop, please. Um, you're literally uh, damaging children. Okay, so if you do have an autistic situation, what can you do at home? Oh, this first one is tough. So it's just, you know, it, fasting, I'm telling you, again, it, you're going to hear me talk about that in every single Chip Talks, but uh, and intermittent fasting is really what I'm talking about. When, when I say fasting, I can tell people's eyes just get wide and they think, oh, he's going to starve me. Uh, no, that's not what we're talking about. But we're talking about really giving your body a period of uh, rest, I guess is the best way to say it, uh, after we eat a meal. Um, it's just obviously and blatantly apparent to me that we eat too much and too often and when you do that it's like you're dumping a bunch of construction materials on a construction site that always already has enough right so you just continue to dump wood and nails and everything shingles at your house when you've already got them all and and guess what your construction site's going to get littered with crap And you're not going to be able to clean it up. It's going to have all. That's going to cause all kinds of problems. Again, your energy in that state, you're not as efficient as you should be. So anyway, it's apparent to me that we're sort of we're killing ourselves. Really, we're we're by our behavior. We're putting ourselves in a state where we stay in our least functioning mode that we can have as a a human, our our plant in the dark mode. Okay. And autism is a disease of plant-in-the-dark mode, so anything that we can do to get those little guys uh, out of the dark and into the light, we probably should do. Intermittent fasting is a way to do that. Uh, I know what I'm saying when I say that. I know the issues. I know the, you know, trying to modify eating. I know. I know but it but again it if you want to um do the best thing that you can possibly do for your kiddo um intermittent fast now uh, after you've thrown that one out because that's super hard and again hopefully some of you guys can do that you know the second thing there would be to begin to look at the diet so bad bacteria like sugar good bacteria like fiber Um, The whole situation that I said that gets set up, you know, kind of uh, as an evolution, really, with these guys uh, to save them, to build them an immune system, the bacteria that they need run on fiber, not sugar. They're going to crave sugar, again, because that bacteria inside of them crave sugar, and they're going to have a different gut than you and I have. So they're going to have a lot more sugar cravings, carbohydrate cravings, weird, you know, cravings. Um, there's an app called Yuka, and it's I think it's Y-U-K-U, or it may be Y-A-K-U. But anyway, I would suggest that you download that app and just mainly start scanning the stuff that they're eating and look for additives, right? So the additives are the stuff that I really want you to stay away from. So something like Doritos, sorry, but you know has a ton of additives that are just going to exacerbate your problems. They're going to cause meltdowns. They're going to cause um, hyperactive type behavior. You know, they're going to do all kinds of things. So you're going to want to start looking at, you know, Doritos and things like that. If you can up, you know, anything that probably tastes good is probably not going to be too good for them. Uh, But if you can begin to pay attention to that and again, cut back on dietary sugars, up dietary fats so what are dietary fats nuts seeds things like that so if your kiddo likes salty seeds ooh, that's a good thing so give them lots of pumpkin seeds or sunflower seeds if they like salty nuts that's even better cashews almonds things like that are, are super duper healthy um so just doing that, honestly, like if I could, if I had an autistic kiddo and I just sort of, and, and they were, would go along with me in this situation, again, most of them don't, but if I could start just feeding them nuts, nuts only, um, that would begin to fix their situation. So, uh, Because again, that, this is the right stuff for your body and your body will begin to correct itself. So God is a perfect engineer. He built us a perfect canister. We just need to figure out you know, what that means and how to support that canister and what that canister needs. So that is something that you can do. Um, we do have products. So if you uh, look at True Medics, uh, you'll find a line of products called Focus. Again, those are built to help support um, what they're lacking. So we're trying to basically just give the body Um, the horsepower that it needs, the resources that it needs, to be able to uh, overcome the problem that we're seeing. And it's literally that simple. So anyway, I hope you guys have enjoyed this one. Uh, If you have an autistic situation, certainly that's what we do every day. We talk to people every day, so we have a way that um, you can plug into us uh, consultively. Um, we have all different kinds of programs to try to help We realize, you know, a lot of the stuff that we do is not in the insurance world just yet. And it costs, you know, more money than it, than it would to go do pharma, right? So we want to help you and support you in your journey as much as possible as you guys try to uh, move, you know, from the pharma world to more natural products. Anyway, thank you. And again, feel free to contact us. We'll see you guys later.